Welcome to the Mommy Matters podcast, where Mommy Matters is a double entendre that states and declares that mommies matter, where we have conversations surrounding Mommy Matters from conception to pregnancy to postpartum, mother and father wounds, dating, mindfulness and self-care, spirituality, parenting, discipline, legislation, money, and so much more. It is my hope and my prayer that the information that you gather here serves as a blueprint for generational and individual ascension. Enjoy. Welcome to the Mommy Matters podcast, and I am your host, Cecile Edwards, where we discuss Mommy Matters, specifically around wellness, spiritual care, intergenerational healing, and other topics. And it is my pleasure today to have Katie Germain, who is an occupational therapist and does wonderful work with moms in particular in assisting them in their wellness journey before and after having children. So Katie, how did you introduce Hello. You? <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Such a pleasure. So Katie, how about you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got started in this um, area of life and what it has taught you about wellness? Sure. Yes. So, um, you know, my my journey to where I am today professionally has been a combination of both um, personal and professional experience. I've been an occupational therapist for seven years, um, which um, occupational therapists or OTs for short um, are a part of the rehab team uh, who help adults, children, um, anyone at any stage of life uh, get back to their meaningful activities. So um, for a long time, what that meant for me was working with older adults who may have had um, a stroke, or have had chronic illnesses or falls that impacted their ability to safely do the activities that they needed to do, whether that was dressing, bathing, caring for their home, caring for others. Um, and I did that kind of rehab work in the home setting. And so after having uh, two of my own uh, beautiful little boys mm -hmm. and seeing how much motherhood impacted how you dress, how you bathe, how you care for yourself, <laughs> how you care for others. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I started to do some research and coursework into applying the OT model to maternal health, um, specifically pregnancy and postpartum. Excellent. So tell us about, because I met you because I was doing an event and you have a business um, that you co-run with someone else. So tell us about that, because I think that's the perfect segue into <laughs> what you just sure. said. Yes, yes. So um, your event was so fun, by the way. We, we really had such a nice time at your uh, your wellness day. But um, our practice is called Strength in Mama, and we are a maternal home health service. And we provide occupational therapy services to clients who are pregnant or postpartum. And we provide those services either uh, directly in their home. We come to them. Uh, alleviating that stress of needing to make appointments and find childcare, um, or we provide those services virtually. 
and we are licensed to treat anyone in the state of New Jersey. Excellent. I love it. So tell me about more about this. Give me some details. So I'm, I just had my baby and I'm looking for some assistance. What would be the difference between getting an occupational therapist, getting a postpartum doula, getting or getting a, um, a nanny? How does that yeah. integrate or how and how does it separate? <laughs> sure. So I think that I think integrate is, is a wonderful term to start with, um, you know, in any kind of uh, rehab setting but especially in maternal health, I think the more um, the more you can use interdisciplinary care, meaning use all those members on your team, using your nurse, using your postpartum doula, using your occupational therapist or your uh, support team for childcare, bringing all those parts together really gives uh, women the best care. Um, but understandably, and for a lot of reasons, um, a lot of women either don't have knowledge or don't have access to these services or all of these services. So um, if you were looking to focus on one thing um, or to start with occupational therapy, we provide service packages that are either preventative in nature or rehabilitative. So meaning we can work with you while you're pregnant or while you're postpartum to try to prevent or offset or decrease those uh, common conditions that come at this time of life, meaning maybe a mood disorder, a separation of the abdominal wall, changes to posture, or just changes to your overall stress and ability to manage this really big life change. Mm-hmm. Um, so the services we offer are very diverse and very individualized. So um, it really just depends on the person, on maybe what it is that they're looking for. But our uh, our services comparatively to like a doula, doula or a caregiver type service is uh, we are are meant to be more of like a treatment model where we're coming in, we're doing an evaluation, we're doing an assessment. Where are the areas that you're having difficulty? Uh, we work with our clients collaboratively to make a treatment plan um, and you know set goals to help them reduce their symptoms or or prevent some of their symptoms. Mm, that is very powerful because <laughs> this, you know, first of all, integrative model because you can't really separate anything, right? Oh, we we try, but it's really not. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, and I love that there's a treatment model and a treatment plan that really seems to focus on what the family needs, but also what their strengths are um, and what they can bring to the conversation around what their wellness needs are. I think that's very important when you're looking at um, setting goals and really seeing the whole person, right? So um, what what are some of the most common um, concerns you see uh, with postpartum moms? Sure. So um, while we, uh, Stephanie and I, uh, Stephanie is my business partner at Strength and Mama, while we are certified uh, as both PMHC providers and PCES providers, which those are uh, different terms for mental and physical health. Um, We have seen primarily people that come to us, postpartum moms that come to us for their physical concerns. Um, So whether it's uh, pelvic floor pain, whether it's uh, urinary incontinence, Mm. um, you know, weakness at the core, pain at the upper back, or, you know, you know, general pain and weakness after all those changes that your, you know, body experiences during pregnancy and uh, postpartum healing. So those have really been the primary reasons that we have had our moms come to us so far. 
Wow. And those are things that I feel like I'm thankful are being discussed more, right? Um, yes. You know, it's definitely not something that I knew about when I had a child. Um, you know, the pelvic floor concerns and consideration, you always just hear, you know, you have the baby, you should be happy. And, you know, so anytime, you know, there's some kind of concern and you feel something in your body, it's almost like you don't trust it because, you know, of what you've heard all your life around what this experience should look like. Um, I feel like there's a whole lesson in there that I could have a whole nother episode about, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I love this because, you know, people are getting into trusting their own bodies and their experiences, and then finding what is best for them to mm -hmm. um, ensure that their overall wellness concerns are met. And that is what it's all about. Um, this is why I always say self-care is so individual that, you know, I can say some general things and I can say things that are very, you know, based on what I understand and what I know in my experiences. But the truth of the matter is, is that I need to know what it is is happening with you in order for you to be able to gain the best, you know, from your wellness journey. So I absolutely love that this is, you know, you do the work that you do and you do it in concert with others who are um, dedicated to this process of assisting people in living their best lives, as the youth say. <laughs> That's the other, you know, component to living your best life. We always, you know, we always think it has something to do with material things, but no, it's about mm -hmm. the, the internal best life that you can live, the life where you feel that you're seen and you're heard and that your concerns are valid and that you can address your concerns without, you know, feeling like there's a lot of um, others telling you what to do, whereas you're feeling into what it is that you can do that's best for you as, as well. I'm curious as to whether or not, because I had a whole conversation with a um, colleague of mine about um, how, you know, the model of care, models of care around parents. And I've been having this conversation for years personally. And now I'm again, so very happy that this is a mm -hmm. thing that's coming into play is that yeah. we have to integrate family members too, right? Yeah. Like how do we integrate the father, right? Because we know scientifically, we took our maternal mental health course together, by the way, yeah. <laughs> through, this is how we met through PSI. <laughs> And um, we know I learned from that course, which I had did not know before, um, especially in the detail that they shared it um, about the impact that um, fathers, you know, having pregnancy and, and uh, postpartum has on fathers, like literal physiological <laughs> um, uh, uh, um, changes that pa parents have, that men have, um, or partners have. So how do you also work with family members to, I guess, integrate the concepts and the goals? And does that happen a lot as well? Sure. So that's um, that's a great point. And it's, uh, you know, speaking of things that haven't been addressed, I mean, women are just right coming to the surface as far as being more open and honest with these conditions. And I think uh, you know, when it comes to men, I think we're even another 10 steps behind as far as acknowledgement and awareness and open discussion about these conditions for them, right? Especially when it comes to men and, and mental health. Um, but the, the super fun thing and what I love about being an OT is that our, our theories, our practice models are looking at an individual, at their environment, at their support system. And, um, you know, so that's what makes it 
uh, fun to really, really consider all these mm -hmm. factors for them and, and how to pull them all together, because that's what's really going to give someone the most success, right? So if I'm, if I'm coming in and I'm working with mom and, uh, you know, maybe she's just come to me because she's having pelvic floor weakness, right? And we're, we're doing our exercise program, but of course, you know, ladies, we chat and, uh, you know, when you create a nice safe space for your clients to, to open up to you and, and they're talking about the stresses or the difficulties that maybe they're experiencing with their partner, that their partner's experiencing, and it creates uh, an open dialogue to, to brainstorm together. Like, how can we uh, provide more care? Or is there more follow-up needed for mom's mental health or for dad's? Um, or how can we put in different communication strategies or how can we come together and, uh, you know, maybe make more of a schedule for time for physical and mental wellness that maybe we didn't have to do before baby, mm. right? Because maybe mm. before baby, mom had her routine for things, dad had their routine for things. And now that we have this, this beautiful little peanut and everything's flipped mm -hmm. upside down, uh, you mm -hmm. know, those routines are right out the window. And so how can we come back together as a family unit and kind of put those pieces back together? Maybe it doesn't, maybe it doesn't look the same as before baby came, right? But that's how we can brainstorm and, and work together to put those pieces back together, whether mm -hmm. it's for mom or for dad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so very critical to you know, it's like the the this little small, as you said, peanut comes into the family and completely upends everything. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> you know, like and the smallest person in the home just running the home. OK, <laughs> so it's 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 um endearing. And it's, again, a life lesson in there somewhere. So <laughs> so one of the things that came to my mind as you were speaking, I'm always thinking about accessibility. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of who gets the opportunity to have an occupational therapist. And we know that, you know, perhaps everyone needs one, irrespective of your, um, your socioeconomic status, your, you know, race, your um, ethnicity, culture. I think in, in a lot of cultures, some of the, these concepts are sort of built in to cultures. Um, in terms of, you know, like the sitting in or the laying in period that, um, you know, right. African American uh, traditions or African traditions that women um, do for, you know, six weeks, like you don't go outside, you stay inside, you're taking care of your fed, you know, all your needs are met, <laughs> you know, all of those things. Right. Doesn't mean that women still don't, um, or families don't uh, have challenges. Um, but I wonder how, how does, what are some of the perhaps accessibility concerns that you may have viewed um, besides financial? Um, mm -hmm. Because we yes. know financial, we always go to that, but what other accessibility concerns? Because I can say that, you know, even as a doula, postpartum doula, you know, convincing people or trying to find the uh, comparison to traditions that people already have um, to the work that you're doing can sometimes be a challenge. And the first thing that most people think about, that's why I say irrespective of finances, the first thing that people often think about is finances, myself included, you know, because something comes up and you're like, dang, how am I going to pay for it? But sometimes it's, it's oftentimes it's more than just payment and how you're going to pay for it. But the, the mindset that can be switched in order mm -hmm. to perhaps yeah. allow, 
you know, these kinds yeah. of things to come in. Because I know, for example, when I, my daughter was young, I used to always think about having to pay a babysitter, but I'm like, no, how do you rely on your support system that you already have to, you know what I'm saying? To develop that support system, to develop yourself, to develop the individuals in your support system so that you can, you know, live a robust life without always thinking about how you're going to pay for something. So yeah. Hopefully that was a clear question because I know that it, it went up to well, a yeah, lot. That was clear, but I think there were like there were like 30 <laughs> questions in there. So we <laughs> they were all really good questions. I think the first the first part that um you know you started talking about as far as accessibility, right? So um outside of right outside of right financials or insurance or um providers that offer sliding scales or maybe do pro bono work based on based on the situation, right? Mm. Um I think the first the first line of accessibility would be uh, education and awareness on these services. Uh, you know, it wasn't until I came into this field that I really learned about all the work that doulas did. Like, mm-hmm. I had no idea. I had two children. I work in healthcare, and I thought doulas like assisted with like a home birth. That was mm-hmm. my understanding. And then I come in and I, and I meet all these wonderful women and all these services that they offer and the postpartum care. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if I knew that existed when I had kids, right? So I think the first thing is is, is just getting, getting the word out and, and making people aware that there are things that are available to you just beyond your OB appointments, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes think that's that's what I get my every couple weeks or my six-week appointment and and that's it um and I I think the other component touching upon some of the things that that you were asking as far as the different like cultural models and the the sit-in period and and I think especially speaking specifically for uh our culture and, and the current times we're in is that we are very much in in the thick of superwoman syndrome Oof. and uh you know the social media pressures and the you know we live in a more individualistic society and for a lot of families that kind of cultural support is not is not there or it's it might cause stress to the mother accepting it because i'm supposed to be able to do this myself mm-hmm. and think kind of understanding that pressure and deconstructing that pressure for ourselves to be able to then uh, want to accept this kind of help and to then be able to build the support systems that we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really a mental process because, yeah. you know, I, from my experience, honestly, there's pushback from people who, from the people who you want to rely on in your communities too right? There is. There's going to be people who are just not going to want to do it. They may say, you know, oh, you're putting off your child on somebody else, but it's like, no, my child is a part of the community too. I'm a part of the community. My child is a part of the community and I desire to have you input, <laughs> right? Into yep. my child's well-being is, and that's putting input into my well-being as well. And I think that we even need to shift the language and the narrative around that sometimes in families. Um, you know, and and realize that it's not just about the time that you're spending, it's about the energy that you're giving to this young person and that really matters because that's what it is. That's what wellness is. It's giving yourself back energy. (laughs) Oh my gosh, of course, of course. So even 
you know, even for myself, I know like with my first child, I know I felt so much stress when others were caring for him because it was, it was kind of that, that same pressure that I was talking about. Like, it should be me. I should be able to, I should, I should, I should. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, a little bit older, a little bit more maturity, a little bit more of my own wellness uh, pieces in place for myself. And the, the, uh, the beauty of the second child where you get to kind of learn from your own mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, it really gave me a nice perspective shift that no, when they're with, you know, auntie or grandma or whomever, they are doing things for them that I maybe don't do, or mm -hmm. that I maybe don't have the space for right now. And so mm -hmm. they are filling their cup with all of these wonderful things. And then it's giving me space to do whatever it is that I need to do. And, and, and that shift really, um, for me personally, helped me to ask for help in a more clear way and to accept the help with less stress. Because mm -hmm. even if someone was helping me, but that help caused me stress, I still was feeling, you know, deflated when it was done instead of feeling like I had time to recharge and it, you know, mm -hmm. exactly a while to get there. But absolutely. I love that. Yes. It's like, yeah, I love this understanding that your child is getting something from somebody else in these diverse perspectives and views mm -hmm. and, um, and yes, your child can handle that. Right. And because we see I've been around children enough to know that children adapt in the situation based on what the situation is, right? So when they go to grandma, grandma's, they know I'm gonna get some candy or whatever. <laughs> when they're home with mom, they know, you know, you're not eating that candy. You know, when they're hanging out with dad, they know that they're gonna be playing rough because, you know, dad's <laughs> sometimes do some extra things that I'll be like, Lord, don't. But... <laughs> But, you know, there's an adaptability, a level of adaptability there. And that's the kind of adaptability that kind of that adds to their brain development and their functioning. And, you know, we always talk about the trauma, the, the ability to adapt to trauma. But no, your child also is adapting to many perspectives and ways of seeing life. Right. And so and there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually great because now you learn how to accept people for how they are, and who they are. And it also helps you to develop your own internal being. Right. And how you see yourself in the menagerie of <laughs> beings. Yes. Yeah. And, and just simply to be able to say, like, this is, you know, even if just for today, this is this is what I can offer others. And that's okay. I don't need to wear all of the hats all of the time because I am able to rely on, you know, these other people in my, in my corner that are, that are helping me do those things. And exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. exactly. I think that that's absolutely a powerful thing um, to realize. And I love that, um, you know, there's a space in uh, conversations in occupational therapy too, that where that can be had. Um, and I love that you mentioned also the education and awareness, right? Because that was a huge part of the event, the Maternal um, Wellness Day. It was, mm -hmm. you know, getting people to know what is available, what's there out here. Because there's, I've said it many times, I live in New Jersey, we live in New Jersey, that there's so many things um, available in New Jersey, but people just don't know what they are <laughs> and where they are and how to access them and, you know, those kinds of things. And I feel like, you know, the more we know, how to access things and what we can utilize for our wellness. We can try different things and see different things and then make our decision 
based on you know what we we feel like we need to know and of course you'll try things and it won't work but <laughs> you know you keep trying right because the right, ultimate yeah. is your own wellness um so I, I'm curious as to how long like when you set goals and such what is the the time period that you work on goals or is there no time period and you just continue to work on it with them because this it sounds a lot like coaching to me to be honest with you um <laughs> it yeah. sounds like coaching and, and therapy in a certain way in a certain way like a a hands-on version of that so I'm curious about yeah. the goal setting and how that sure yeah so so for our practice specifically um we are a cash-based practice so we um not getting into logistics of reimbursement and super bills and everything, but but the point of, of saying that is because we have the leniency, the flexibility to create a plan that works for our individual clients. So um, I have moms who are like, I want to see you twice a week for the next four weeks. And you know, I'm we're working at a more rapid pace and our time frames might be dictated by how quickly their body's responding to treatment. Um, it might be, you know, dictated to how much they're able to carry over their exercise program. Um, and I have other moms that are like, I I'm committing to do this, but <laughs> like life is crazy right now. I have two kids under two um, and, you know, and we go at a slower pace and I might see them once a month. I might see them, you know, every couple of weeks and, uh, our treatment time is longer based on what they need, but it's, we're meeting moms where they are with what they're able to do. So it doesn't become that, you know, restrictive all or nothing model. Like you need to go to the outpatient clinic three times a week or you can't get care. Right. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. what mom with a newborn is feasibly, you know, I mean, I'm, I know it happens. I know people can do it and they have really wonderful support systems, but for moms that might not have that or might not have that comfortability to leave to leave their baby, then, then we bring it to them and we bring it to them at a pace that, that works for them. So it's really, um, it's very individualistic. It's not, uh, it's not like a set, like, oh, six to eight weeks, or it just really depends on them and their availability and how they're responding to the program. I love that. I absolutely love that flexibility because you can access more people like that, right? As opposed to, um, <clears throat> you know, having a, a, a strict, but of course there's, also pros to having a set program but there's also a lot of pros to having um that that level of flexibility yeah of course i mean if you're not if there it's not like there's structure to to each plan of care that we create um you know if we're not if you're only doing a session here and there randomly right you might not be getting the same results as someone who's who's diligently doing this you know every week and so results may vary but you know, like I said, we try to just meet people where they are so that they can access the services because sometimes the system is so overwhelming. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, forget it. I'll just, I'll deal with this later. I'll deal with this never. And, you know, they don't get the care that they need. I hear you. That's, that's, so the final question that I'll ask is about, so on the treatment team, who else is on the treatment team? Of course, their doctor, perhaps. Do you talk to their doctor? How does that work? Is there that um, that kind of relationship that's built? Sure, sure. So yes. So, um, in, in general, right. Occupational therapists work in an interdisciplinary manner. So if we're, 
if there's uh, a larger treatment team, you know, we're talking with the physical therapist, the social worker, the nurse, the doctor. Um, in our particular case and the, the clients that we have had, um, we're mostly just working just one-on-one -on -one with mom. Um, you know, we have the option, of course, to always follow up with the doctor or if there were any, you know, medical concerns coming up or obviously if there were any uh, red flags as far as changes to mental health or, or more care being needed, um, we check in. But right now we've mostly just been working with mom. Um, but the, you know, the idea of working with the team, working with the doctors is is always available. Okay, wonderful. No, I love that. I love that um, that um, balance that can be struck with um, with working in a team. Um, yeah, and just that that extra level of support. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like my one, um, like so in New Jersey, we are a direct access state. So, what that means for occupational therapy is that you don't need a prescription to come see us. Mm. So that. Um, eliminates one extra step of having to make an appointment to see your doctor to get the script to call, you know, to call us. Um, but there's like one client in particular, she was, she was very open, very honest with me. And she was seeing um, myself for occupational therapy for um, C-section scar management and core rehab. And uh, she was seeing a mental health counselor and she was just, there was one week, she just was like really having a hard time. And I was like, do you want me to, like, can we chat? Do you want me to talk? And, you know, I was able to connect with her counselor and kind of just put some pieces together and, and communicate with her. So that was, uh, that was a, a nice experience and just nice that she was trusting enough to, to allow me to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love to hear that. So in our wrapping up, um, what are three things that you would say about wellness from an OT's perspective? It could be more than three, it could be less than three. I don't know why, sure. but <laughs> that okay. you want people to know. Yeah, sure. So I think the first thing from, um, I'll start general and work my way down, but the first thing from an OT perspective is that, you know, everything, we are all connected, right? Our physical health, our mental health, the environment that we're in, the foods that we're eating, the amount of time that we're on our phone, all of these things, you know, impact how we feel and impact our sense of wellness. So, um, you know, whether you're, if, you know, you're listening to this and you're like, some of these things are resonating with me, like whatever care provider you choose to work with, um, try to really make a plan that's going to reflect your entirety, not just, not just the actual strength of your core muscles or your pelvic floor, but, um, you know, looking at all the components that make you, you to, to have a, a really holistic plan. Um, I think the second thing is uh, not being afraid to adapt or modify what wellness looks like for you postpartum and beyond, right? I mean, to me, postpartum is forever. It's not a six week period. After you have kids, you are postpartum. Your life is never the same. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say the same thing. I'm like, you are postpartum even when your child is 18 because yeah. there's changes happening here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, one of the things that OTs love to do is, you know, is put on our thinking caps. And if someone's having trouble doing something, how can we adapt or modify that for them. And uh, in, a, in a very literal sense, that might mean, okay, we can't get into the shower. How, you know, can we bring in a shower bench? 
okay, we can't reach our feet. Our C-section scar is so painful. Can we bring in long-handled adapted equipment so you can dress yourself for the next few weeks as you're healing? Mm-hmm. Um, those adaptations can be a little bit more abstract of, I need to change the time that I shower so that I can actually have 20 minutes to myself. Um, so it doesn't have to be an all or nothing approach to wellness. Um, there are ways that you can just modify what you used to do to still integrate those pieces in. Nice. Yeah. I love that. I think that that level of, first of all, the holistic idea, um, that, you know, you're a whole person. And so, you know, yes, you may try things to, just get a sense of it because you've never tried it before. But if you feel like it, it is triggering to you or it has, it doesn't, you know, it impacts something else that you're doing or feeling, then that should be something that should be explored and discussed, right? Um, yeah. Ensure that you are, you, you, you don't, things, your wellness doesn't have to be just a painful experience where you have to push through something in order to, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In order to- yes um, to be well, it's a, it's a process of getting to know, learn yourself and release some things as well. Right. So I like this adaptability, um, uh, idea. And I like, listen, I went to a hotel recently and there was a bench inside the shower. I was like, Oh, I I didn't realize this was something I wanted in my life, but (laughs) it's not like I have issues with reaching my feet or it was just nice to have, you know? Yeah. And so that's a part of wellness too. Sometimes it's just this extra thing that's like, ooh, I like this. I yeah. You know, it's not because I have a problem per se. It's just, this is nice, you know? So yeah. I love that idea of, you know, finding ways to adapt um, and, and find wellness for yourself. So thank you so much for sharing um, those. How can people connect with you and find your business and, um, you know, check out what you have to offer. Sure. Yes. So, so we are on uh, social media, um, Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at strength and mama. Um, we also have a website strength and mama.com. Um, and uh, we are available email call message, whatever, if you have questions and you're like, you know, I'm not sure there's there's no harm in reaching out. We're not crazy, you know, salespeople. So you can just, mm-hmm. you have a question, give us a call. You know, we always say, uh, you know, just because things are common doesn't mean they need to be accepted. So um, mm, if you're that. dealing with something and you're you're kind of just chugging through it and you're like, you know what, this really can't be right. Give us a call. We'll talk about it and see, you know, see if some of the services we have um, are helpful for that. So mm-hmm. I love that phrase. Just because something is common doesn't mean it needs to be accepted. <laughs> that's that's a word to go out on. Um, and I'll absolutely share this information with um, you all in the notes. Um, and also, Katie, you have a book as well um, that that came out recently. You can share a little bit about that and I'll share the link also too. Oh, sure. Great. Thank you. Yes. So I just self-published a children's book. It's available on Amazon. And it's called the Honeybees Recharge Mommy Bee, and um, tailing off of all these concepts we've talked about of wellness and adapting and modifying it, it teaches kids why moms need time for rest. 
Um, and the, the book itself gives some examples on how moms can rest and recharge. And it just creates a very kid-friendly dialogue uh, for, for moms and kids. And uh, what I love about it and, and what I love presenting this message in a children's book and instead of maybe just in an adult platform is that, you know, if mom is able to model these wellness strategies, it helps her in the moment and it helps her children in the long run because they are then able to mirror back what they've seen you do and they are integrating these wellness practices from a much earlier age. Absolutely. I absolutely love that. There's so many things Thank that you. put into pe to children's um, uh, minds about how to, how life actually is or what life is, right? And I right. love this idea of putting it in a book and having parents be able to, you know, teach that, you know? So that's wonderful. I absolutely love that. Thank With you. Thank you so much, Katie, for joining. Um, and thank you all for listening. And we will see you on the next episode. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Take care. Take care. Did you like that? I know it was as informative for you as it was for me. Look, this is a process for all of us. And to keep this process going, I would love to invite you to donate to our podcast. We want to continue to give you high-level content, beautiful content that enlightens and inspires and broadens your vision to elevate you and evolve. So please feel free to go to the podcast page at anchor.fm forward slash mommy matters. We would love to hear your questions and comments as well so that we can discuss them in future podcasts. And you can email that to momevolve at gmail.com. You can also visit the website and send your comments there, www.mommyevolve.com. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Peace and love.